Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome Granville Freeman with us to our program. Granville is a licensed professional counselor and owns and operates a mental health counseling agency. Welcome Granville. And can you share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Thank you so much for having me, Irene. Um, Yes, my name again is Granville Freeman. I am a licensed professional counselor, a certified professional counselor supervisor and a board certified telemental health practitioner. Um, I have been in the field for um, licensed counseling for the last a little over 10 years now. Um, I do own and operate an organization called Inspired by Achievement. And I also currently work part time with uh, Metro RESA, um, which RESA stands for Regional Educational Service Agency. So uh, we provide professional development, supports, um, trainings. Um, different kind of assistances for all of the metro area school systems. Um, I've been in several different areas with working with youth and my practice is actually focused on adolescents and adults. Wonderful. Wow. You've, um, you're juggling a lot and <laughs> I would guess by the name that Metro Risa works with the Metro Atlanta area school systems. Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I apologize. Yes. No, no. We want to just make sure we're all on the same page. So that's that's a lot of students because that's our uh, those are our largest school systems, and that's a lot of educators and professionals that you are going to be um, worried about and trying to uplift and connect with resources. So we are glad that you are in that kind of role. Definitely. Thank you. <laughs> Well, Granville, there is so much conversation going on right now about mental health. People like you know that it was um, an issue, mental health, both for youth and adults before the pandemic. And then we just layer on this whole global health crisis. And now there's even more conversation about it. It's it's in the news. We um, hear it on the radio. We see it on social media. A lot of talk about the impact on school campuses, not only for students, but also for educators, for those classroom teachers, for those coaches, for administrators. Is this, is all this talk a a good thing? Do you think it helps to reduce stigma that we are talking about it so much? Um, Do you think it helps to promote people to, to really take the time to check in on themselves and their loved ones. And I apologize. I know there's about four questions in there, so I'm going to turn it over <laughs> to you now. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. This is, um, this is actually a great question. I think that uh, several of my colleagues and I have actually had this conversation. And, and to be honest, I don't think I can answer it in terms of one or the other. I think it's a, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Mm. Um, I think that the the outpour of communication and education on mental health has been great to start to reduce the stigma um, a little bit more than what it already was being reduced. 
Um, however, I think as it's being um, delivered in all of these different uh, media senses, whether it's the news, as you, as you mentioned earlier, social media, um, articles, all these different things that are coming at people, we have to also think about technology. And so with technology, everyone has all of this information at their fingertips. Mm -hmm. So they get to use this information and interpret it the way they feel is necessary. So the other side of that sword is you have a lot of people that are looking at and self-diagnosing. And you have young people that are doing those deep dives into, you know, WebMD or some of these areas based on a symptom rather rather than a whole diagnosis mm, and yeah. identifying themselves as this one thing. So instead mm-hmm. of me being sad because a situation happened, I'm depressed. And then my mind starts looking for the other reasons to, to accentuate what that depression looks like. So on one hand, yeah, I'm happy that we're doing it because it's making people actually look at themselves and say, hey, it's okay to not be okay, but I have to identify that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's giving people almost way too much information to then self-diagnose. And sometimes that self-diagnose is, that self-diagnosis isn't associated with finding a professional. Yeah, right, right. Yes, you're right. I mean, information is powerful, right? And, but it's what you do with that information that really talks about, or that leads to the effectiveness of it. I mean, it's one thing to look up maybe what to do for a um, a splinter in your finger on the internet and take action. (laughs) But it's another thing to say, I've been kind of down for um, a couple of days now. Hmm, Mm. Let me see what I have um, and exclude the professional community. um, Exactly. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for sharing that perspective. Uh, That's, that's a new one. I I like it. (laughs) Do do you think just the, the last part that um, I asked about um, though, the current conversation and, and the prevalence of the information, do you think it's good in terms of helping people like check in with themselves and, and their loved ones. Oh, putting yes. aside, okay. Putting aside maybe um, the, the immediate diagnosis or, or the self-diagnosis. Right. No, I do. I actually do think that it, it has given us, and, and, and we also have to remember that based on the beginning part of your question, definitely due to the pandemic, I think a lot more people are starting to check in on each other. And I think that that's a, a good thing to look in on your family members. And I think that that's also part of, I've, I've given several different talks and workshops on how to reduce like anxiety and depression mm-hmm. during this pandemic time period. And one of those areas is definitely socialization. So I think just having those conversations with, you know, people that you trust or loved ones, whether it's about what's going on or not, just the distraction of knowing that I'm connected mm-hmm. is, is great. And I think that due to the pandemic and due to a lot of the conversations about mental health, I think people are starting to have just conversations and maintaining and, and being aware and intentionally having conversations with those that they care about, they love, and they trust, which is doing wonders for our mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So Granville, I am asked this question a lot as um, out in the community, and I'm going to ask you because I know you see a lot of youth. Mm-hmm. When should a parent or a primary caregiver say, I think my child needs to see a professional counselor? Okay, that is a good question. Um, and I, I think I'll answer that in kind of several ways. One, depending on the age of the child. So if you have a younger child that is still kind of learning how to associate what I'm physically feeling or mentally feeling with words, Mm -hmm. then I would say as a parent, pay attention to the consistencies of your child. You know, what things are changing. If you have a child that is, that is always looking to be around you and, and the rest of the family, and they just have all of this extra energy, if you're starting to see a change in that energy, if you're starting to see them withdraw from being around the family, if you start seeing them be more isolated or their mm-hmm. sleep patterns are off, mm-hmm. then that might be one of those telltale signs that, hey, I might want my child to um, see a professional counselor. Okay. On the flip side, if you have an older child, uh, maybe an adolescent or even a, a preteen, mm-hmm. maybe it's about just asking. Because what I do find very interesting and, and I love about um, this generation of young people is that they're willing to, to do a lot of things that we weren't or that we weren't ever taught. So sometimes they'll say, um, yeah, my friend has a counselor. You know, I think I want to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest that several of the clients that I've gotten recently um, have been because of that. You know, their parents said, hey, my child just came to me and said, I think I want to talk to a counselor. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just amazing. So I'd say number number two for the older youth, um, just ask them. Yeah. But the same thing about for the younger youth, you can use the same stuff. Just you're the you're probably the second best expert on your child outside of them. Mm. And you're probably the best expert on your child based on your life experiences and understanding that our moods or our, our surroundings or our environment can change how we interact through this journey of life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if they can't articulate that, you can just ask the question, you know, how are you feeling? You know, what's been going on? Um, you know, what's new? And if you know your child, based on those answers, you may be able to go ahead and determine whether or not this may need to be a bigger di- discussion. But the biggest thing I want to make sure I say is, if that is the case, please do not blame yourself or, or put anything um, with you associated in it as a reason why they can't talk to you. Because it's mm-hmm. not necessarily about them not being able to talk to you. Sometimes it's just too close. Yes. And so it, it shouldn't be any blame. You know, why, why haven't I developed a relationship with my child that they can talk to me about what they're feeling? It has nothing to do with that. It just may be because it's so close. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think to remember, it's not about you. It's about getting Definitely. them to help. So put your um, ego or, um, you know, I can fix everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> attitude or behavior aside mm-hmm. and, and realize what's best for your child or the child in your life. So. Yeah. And you know what, Irene, you said something great and it just, it just sparked a memory um, where you said the fixing. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes it's just having a conversation, not looking to fix, mm. but just being present. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that is probably the best opportunity for you to get more information from your child is just to ask them, how, how are things going? How are you really feeling? And put the word really in there mm-hmm. and just listen. I know that as adults, especially as parents, we, we tend to listen to fix. Yes. And sometimes all they really need is just for you to be present and listening. Okay. <laughs> now you've said something that makes me reflect on conversations that I had with my children who are now young adults. And um, yeah, I probably was in um, mom fix it mode, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, just, um, it's just the nature of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so as um, I've often say a mother is only as happy as her unhappiest child. And so, yeah, you want to go into (laughs) fix it mode sometimes, but exactly. (laughs) Um, Granville, I don't know if you saw this, but the last mental health America um, or the last report from mental health America on youth mental health that I saw, they had some poll results that asked what has helped your mental health the most during the pandemic And I have to admit, I was a little surprised by this answer. Hobbies was the number one answer for both Mm -hmm. the the teenager group, so 14 to 18, as well as the young adult, um, i.e. ages 19 to 24. Um, As I said, I I found it interesting, and it really gave me pause to think about the importance of pursuits to people, whether they're athletic or creative or some other form of engagement. And it could be an individual hobby, or it might be being part of a team. Your thoughts on that? Do you see that in the youth that you work with as well? I do. I I definitely do. I think that, um, as I said earlier, some of the talks I give talk about how to decrease some of that negative mental health um, weight. Um, And there were four areas that I would talk about. I would talk about maintaining a schedule. I would talk about physical activity. I would talk about doing a passion project, which is kind of closely related to what you're talking about. And then I would talk about socialization. So think about hobbies in regards to what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Hobbies, depending on what that hobby is, it could be considered a passion project. Um, It could be reading, it could be, you know, um, creating models, it could be playing an instrument, uh, listening to music. Um, a a whole list of different things. Maybe your your hobby is working out. Maybe it's doing some walks with friends. Maybe it's being outside. Um, Those things, having exposure to sunlight or having physical activity entered into your daily routine is going to increase endorphins and serotonin levels. And it's going to actually assist in changing that mood if that mood was to be negative. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with it. I think that having something that you're passionate about, one of the bigger things that does, it also grounds you. And so grounding is an opportunity to kind of keep you, your mind present focused. Um, A very kind of elementary way that I kind of explain to clients and people about the difference between depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. is depression is you living in the past doing the I should have I wish I could I wish I, I didn't and thinking about the past and staying there forgetting about where you are today mm-hmm. and on the flip side anxiety is you living in the future and walking in that future as if it has already happened 
So thinking, um, oh, that test that's coming up, I'm going to fail. It's, it's, it's going to be horrible. I've already failed that, that test. Or I'm not going to go ahead and pass my driver's license. Or I'm not going to get that promotion. And, and your, your body is reacting as if it already happened. And it is true. Yeah. And so having that grounding keeps you present focused. So having an opportunity to participate in a hobby or an activity that you have some joy with keeps you focused on the present and it mm -hmm. keeps you grounded in an activity that you don't get caught up in the news talking about a new variant yes. or you don't get caught up about the past in terms of what things did you lose during this pandemic and maybe it's not necessarily death but it could have just been you know I, I lost the sensation of me actually seeing people's smiles walking through the face based on masks mm -hmm. um, so it keeps you present focused so yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that okay I love all the dimensions that you built around hobbies and, and pursuits and just want to come back and um, make sure that I captured your your four priorities maintaining a schedule mm -hmm. some sort of physical pursuit a mm -hmm. passion project and then so socialization. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Well, speaking of social, um, you mentioned social media a little bit earlier in our conversation. Mm -hmm. There's good, there's bad, there's the ugly, mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's also potential. Yeah. Um, how do you talk to your, the youth that you work with about social media? Are you, I mean, it's probably unrealistic to ask them to not be engaged on social media. Right. I mean, it's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> right. You're definitely right. Um, and here's the, the funny thing, and this may very well be because of where we are right now, but it's not, a, it's not just the youth. You know, it's definitely the adults. Yes. But um, for the youth, <clears throat> what I do is I, I try to look at social media and I let them know that definitely social media, in, in my opinion, was created just for the simple fact of maintaining connections, mm -hmm. which is a great thing. And I think that's part of the good, like you said. I think the bad slash ugly is that we have specifically our youth. Our youth tend to mold their almost their existence mm -hmm. their self-image their yeah. self-image their mm -hmm. their 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 mood everything is kind of molded around their social media presence mm -hmm. and a lot of that presence is based on comparisons and so what I try to share with them is like for example how many how many times did you take or retake a picture before you placed it up on on the uh, on your social media you know, some of them say, oh, it's about three or four times, or I'm getting really good at my angles. And I was like, okay, so it took you a while for just that picture, which was the right picture to post. So think about all the people that you are following or that you watch. And when you start comparing yourself, you know your full story. So that entire photo album of pictures, good, bad, ugly, and different. They picked the best moment <laughs> to share mm -hmm. and you're you're weighing their best moment with every moment you're aware of in your life ah is that fair yeah and so they'll be like well I mean no <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that's a good way to look at it because it's, it's right you're going to 
for the most part, social media is about just kind of showcasing mm-hmm. the great. Right. And so if you're looking at the great that's being showcased and saying, my life doesn't reflect this, I'm not doing well. Yes. Then that's not fair to you. Right. Right. It's so, yeah, uh, I can really see that, you know, mm-hmm. and and I guess in my generation, the the fabulous vacations and the gourmet exactly. out and, you know, yes. and you're looking down at your, um, you know, the scrambled eggs that you raised yep. <laughs> to um, make for dinner <laughs> because you exactly. didn't have time. And yeah, I, okay. I'm just, I love that comparison. Thank you. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. So um, Granville, as we start drawing to a close today, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Um, actually, I think all the questions you asked were phenomenal. Um, the only thing, and I don't think it was necessarily something that you, you didn't ask, um, but I think that one of the things that I like to, to share, and since we've done so many things together, you probably already heard it, <laughs> um, but one of the things I like to share is based on the pandemic, I think that we as a a country, as a state, as a world dealt with like a collective sense of grief Mm -hmm. and in your walks through your daily time, if you think about that, and I, and I don't mean death necessarily, it could include it, but just so much that we lost that if you look at those five stages of grief, you may start seeing, oh, this, I might want to talk to something, somebody, Mm -hmm. or looking at your child thinking, oh, you know what? When I asked them, hey, don't forget to put your plate in the sink. And they just blew up and ran upstairs. You know what? Maybe that was anger. That was the anger stage of grief. Mm -hmm. Or as we were talking about in terms of what signs can you see for your child, maybe them withdrawing could be the depression side of grief. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a diagnosis of depression, but it's them having a difficult time adjusting to some of the changes that are going on. So give yourself grace yeah. and hopefully understanding that that grief is impacting all of us and looking at all of those stages, hopefully that gives people an opportunity to kind of do a self-reflection, but also kind of look at the, the people that share the space around them and understand, okay, that's probably where that was. That had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Probably how they're, how they're handling certain things, which may spark other parts of a conversation. Absolutely. Ah, wise words. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Give, give grace to ourselves and also mm-hmm. grace to others, right? Because this exactly. is uncharted territory for sure. And heck, it just keeps going on. Oh my goodness. I know it. Yes. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Well, Granville, everything that you have shared with us today has just been so on point. Um, Can't thank you enough. Um, Wish you much success with Metro Risa. I'm so pleased that there will literally be thousands of educators and students (laughs) that will benefit from your leadership at that organization. Um, And also inspired by achievement, we thank you for your ongoing work with with youth in that so thank you thank thank you you. my friend (laughs) thank you for having me i appreciate it sure listeners thank you today for turning in um, to our podcast and be sure that and to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes please subscribe to our mind your mind speaks podcast 
Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on those young people in your lives.